Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast, where you'll not only get the insight to help you transition your career, but we'll have raw, unfiltered conversations about equity and access in corporate America. I'm your host, Tristan Layfield of Career Clarity Solutions, formerly Layfield Resume Consulting. And today, I have the privilege of having Miss Tiffany Waddell-Tate on the show today. So Tiffany is the CEO and founder of Career Maven Consulting. She's a career coach and talent development consultant with deep experience helping individuals and companies reimagine the future of work through coaching, digital education, and training and development for organizations and teams. Um, as a career coach, Tate is penchant for early and mid-career professionals interested in designing strategic action plans to activate personal and professional agency across the arc of their career journey with clarity and confidence. So I want you all to help me welcome Ms. Tiffany Waddell-Tate to the show. Hello, my friend. Thank you for Hi. being here. Hi, Tristan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about the conversation. I'm so excited about the conversation too. Um, you know, Tiffany and I know each other because we got we got connected through Living Corporate. So the the network that that the show is on, we were hosting uh, the College Access Point at one time. We we got into some good conversations back then, my friend. We did, we did. We were it was a real talk uh, web series. So yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's still going. It has some new hosts now, but it's it's still going. So uh, you know, shameless plug. Go check out uh, the Access Point. <laughs> <laughs> another show on the platform but um you know uh, this is sort of our our first run at this podcast and when i was thinking of people to bring on i was really focused on people that i've had connections with previously that are career coaches resume writers recruiters hiring managers and you were absolutely one of the names i was like oh i gotta get her on here we had some good combos from then so i'm really glad you took me up on this i'm excited to have this combo with you absolutely <laughs> so, as most of our listeners know, I like to sort of start having a little bit of a conversation about sort of job seeking and the job market in general. And I know, you know, you you as a career coach, you're tapped into this. You also sort of do the talent development consulting piece. So I want you to answer sort of this fill in the blank question for me. The state of the job market right now is blank. What would you describe the state of the job market as? I would describe it as chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's straight chaos right now. Uh, and the reason I say that is I think at the top of the year, it was like, you know, all the all the LinkedIn posts and all the think pieces were about how it's a job seekers market. Mm -hmm. It's still a job seekers market, but we're also navigating, you know, the R word, the R word <laughs> being recession and companies are like, some are reducing workforce, some mm -hmm. are beefing up, people are launching businesses, remote work is like here to stay. Like it's just, it's chaos. I still think it's a job seekers market, but there's so much going on as we are heading into the end of the year mm -hmm. that I think for someone who's looking for a job, if you're not really clear on what you want or how to go about it, it's mm -hmm. probably 10 times as overwhelming as it normally would be. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually uh, recorded an episode with another guest and we the the article we talked about was how you're being misled about the job market <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, everything's like, yeah, it's that it's a job seekers market. And yes, that's true. But there's some caveats here. Right? <laughs> like yeah. there's some there's some things going on. So 
in hearing that it's sort of chaotic right now, we know that, you know, the advice we can give for people who are looking for jobs sort of is dependent on the industry you're in, the type of companies mm-hmm. you're focused on. It's, it's really sort of specific at the moment. But are there any tips that you have for people who are looking for a new job right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the first thing I always tell people, which is industry agnostic, is you really need to be clear on what the targets are. You don't have to know what the one job is you want or the one thing you want to do for the rest of your life, but be really clear on that, like top three to five things, uh, whether that's function, like what the job is, what you're getting paid money to do, or industry, like where you're doing it, because everything else stems from that. You can't frame your resume, your cover letters, your LinkedIn, all that good stuff. And everyone likes to start there. But if you don't know what kind of story you're telling or who you're sending it to, it's really hard to retool your experience. And I think, you know, if you're thinking about a job search, that's the number one thing I encourage people. Um, And the other is to build time for it. I think, you know, people, it's a full-time job looking for a job. Yes, it is. (laughs) And if you are working, if you got kids, you got pets, you got family members you're caring for, whatever it is you have going on, like people really underestimate, like it is an emotional journey um, as much as it is a time journey. So you really have to carve out time and space for job search activities. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. When I talk to people about, you know, things like their resumes and cover letters, they're always trying to start there first, like you said. And I'm like, look, we have to have a direction on where to go, right? Like you, these are marketing documents, which means you need to understand your targeting your target audience, excuse me, before you're even trying to develop these things fully, because otherwise you're just throwing, you're just throwing darts in the dark, right? Like you don't know, you don't know what you're aiming at at that point. All right. So you, it's like, it's like getting in the car and turning on your GPS and not having a destination in there. You're thinking you're going to arrive somewhere, right? Like that's not how that works. Where are we going? Where are we going, right? (laughs) Look, I'm back from the MapQuest days. They needed that destination first, okay? (laughs) So now we know everybody's not looking for a new job in this market. Some people are just trying to figure out how to advance their careers with their current company right now. Some of them are a little concerned about the recession, maybe not even worried about advancing, just like, how do I make myself useful to the company, right? To make sure that um, I'm solidifying my space. So do you have any advice for people who are trying to maintain or sort of advance their careers with their current companies? Yeah, I think be really clear on what your boss's boss's goals are. Mm. If you don't know what your boss's boss's goals are, and or what's priority to the organization, it's gonna be really hard to secure your footing. Mm-hmm. And again, that that's nuanced depending on what you do and where you work and all, all of that. But um, I have met with clients who are really tunnel vision on like the thing they have a certification in, what they're getting paid to do. And it's like, you have to pull your head out of the sand and really think about what's happening at this organization. Like mm-hmm. what are our ESG metrics? Um, what challenges do people who have jobs that are different than mine facing, right? Like, you know, for example, I worked in manufacturing. I do not work in a production environment, but I work for a manufacturing company and it's really important to know what's happening to folks on the plant side. What pressure points are they experiencing and how might that impact my role or my team's role? Because even though it's a different type of work, there's an impact on the bottom line of a company which is trying to make money. And at the yeah. end of the day, when you have a job, you work for an organization that's trying to make money. <laughs> and if yeah. we don't know what's impacting their money, then it's really hard to 
you know, say to your leader or another leader, if you're trying to, you know, jump over onto another team, how you can add value if you don't understand what the internal priorities are. So I usually tell people like, uh, you know, read whatever annual reports your company has, see what's happening with them in the news. If you trust your leader and you feel like they're an advocate for you, have a conversation with them about what the next 12 to 15 months like on the team and what advice they have for you so you can apply it. Like, do your job well, but always be thinking about the big picture and the bigger context where you are. Yeah, no, I love, love, love that piece because like you said, people get so tunnel vision on what they're doing. We tend to think at sort of the 500 foot level while Mm -hmm. our boss or our boss's boss are thinking at the 50,000 foot level, right? Mm -hmm. So they're thinking at the high level. And if we can sort of get an understanding of that high level and we can figure out where we fit in and provide value there, we can Mm -hmm. solidify our spot in the company, right? If you make yourself valuable, especially Mm -hmm. to your boss's boss, it becomes that much harder for people to get rid of you in the organization in any way um but it also gives you that visibility which helps with advancing your own um career so i think that's key 100 people need to take up um any sort of you know high leaders offer for sort of one over meetings right going Mm -hmm. having a meeting with a person who's above your boss um skip level meetings is what some some people call those because that i'm telling you you get a lot of info in those type of meetings and you get facetime with people who can literally you know they're the movers and shakers inside of the organization Mm -hmm. so they could literally say hey this is the perfect person for this role so I think that is an an ultimate key for anybody trying to advance in their career or just ensure they solidify their position uh, if they're a little scared about that R word, you know, that recession. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's scary. I mean, it's scary. I think in tech right now, it's scary, you know, Um, that's been a super sexy space for people to work in, but it's also a really hard space to work in when, you know, if, if, if you were thinking about like you own a company, right. And you have to make tough decisions it's it's complicated and sometimes uh we see all the headlines of people getting fired on zoom and all that kind of stuff and that's like worst case scenario but there are a lot of organizations that just have to make really tough decisions that don't make those headlines so Mm -hmm. you know i don't want anyone listening to be scared but you know even outside of a recession you really want to be agile and sharpening your toolkit and keeping yourself prepared because just like your life happens and you might need to change roles because your partners move to another state or, you know, you need different income or you're bored. Like it could mm-hmm. just be a positive thing. You're bored. You want to try something new. You always want to be kind of thinking about what's the next step of learning and earning. Yes. Yes. Thinking about that next step. And I appreciate you saying it, it, we're not here trying to, trying to fear monger, but <laughs> right. there's <laughs> yeah, just some realities scared. of the situation. And it means, hey, now's the time to get that clarity that you need and to prepare yourself just in case something happens down the road. That's essentially what we're saying. Stay prepared because recessions mm-hmm. are unpredictable. You don't know what companies are going to do and they're always going to look out for their best interest. So you need to be looking out for your own best interest. So that's it. That's all we're saying. Don't don't freak out. <laughs> now, Everybody chill. Um, I know. Chill, calm down. Take a chill pill. We good. Um, now, one of the things that I know is um, a, a prime topic for uh, career coaches, but also people who are sort of in the, the talent advising space is Gen Z. Mm-hmm. 
Gen Z is a, a big topic right now, right? Um, and we know they are the up-and-coming generation in the workforce, though they still are the smallest generation by population in the workforce, but they are up-and-coming, and we know a lot of companies and organizations are sort of shifting focus from millennials and figuring out what do we need to do to get Gen Z and, and make sure we're retaining them. So I know you talked to a lot of companies and organizations about sort of their talent strategies and things of this sort. So what would you say sort of recruiters need to know about attracting and retaining Gen Z talent? Listen, that's a that's a big question. And it's hard. It's so it's always hard to talk about career stuff because, you know, there's always nuance depending on industry. But generally speaking, I would say Gen Z talent wants to know, um, like, is this organization or company about something other than making money? That's a big thing. Like values alignment is a huge thing with Gen Z. Um, these jokers can like get on the Googles real quick and figure out, <laughs> they can figure out a lot about your company really quickly. And so recruiters can't do the, oh, I call it the old school, you know, kind of numbers behind the blanket, numbers behind the yeah. sticky note. They want to know how much are you paying? What am I going to learn when I get there? And how quickly can I advance? And also, yeah. you know, are you, are you making our environment better or not? Like yeah. these are the things that Gen Z really wants to know. So recruiters have, I think, um, good recruiters have the mm -hmm. due diligence um, or the responsibility to be really thoughtful about how they're framing the value add for a potential new hire. Like, mm -hmm. what's the value proposition for a new employee? Mm -hmm. And if you can't speak that language, if it's all about what they're going to do for you, they're already on to the next five companies or offers. Yep. Yep, 100%. I actually was um, posting on LinkedIn the other day. Uh, I think somebody, I think it was Liz Ryan. She had made a post about, mm -hmm. um, somebody asked her a question about um, how do you determine if a candidate is going to contribute or be in alignment with your mission as an organization? And I, I sort of made a comment about, um, like, it's not, <laughs> it, it, someone doesn't need to be in alignment with your mission and as an organization in order for them to do good work for you. But in order for you to capture them and actually get them to be an employee for you, you have to find those, those uh, sections of interest convergence. Right. How do you help them achieve their mission and their goals? And I think Gen Z is really about that, too. Look, I have some goals I want. I have I have my own mission. How are you helping me get there as well? It's no you know, when I when I talk to Gen Z talent, they they understand that this is not a one way street. Right. Like, I'm not here to just provide you services. You are here to provide me with things as well. And they want to understand what they're going to get up front. And Gen Z is all about like, well, is that what I agreed to do? Was that in my contract? Was that actually the job description right there? Very about those boundaries when it comes to the work that they're going to be doing as well from what I've seen and the people that I've spoken to. So I appreciate you saying that, right? They, they sort of are like, cut the BS. Let's get to the chase, <laughs> right? Stop bearing the lead. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. And we're not going to be here forever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gen Z is not going to sit in that role. I mean, most organizations aren't really designed that way now, but they're definitely not going to be there just holding up a wall and collecting dust. They want to yeah. know what does the performance management process look like? Like, are you going to hit me with a bonus? Am I going to get yeah. a raise in a year? 
Yeah. I'm not, you know, they're not here for three to five years with no movement and no growth either. Yeah. I it, I think it's so interesting because re- what I really hear, and I, I, I ask this from the majority of the people that I speak to, and what I really hear is that Gen Z is just looking for transparent communication. And that's 100%. that's really what they want, right? It's like, look cut the bs be honest with me what am i going to get out of this what am i going to be providing you how do you help make this world better that's what i want to know the end right like like <laughs> like right and if you can't answer those questions is you got a you got a tough uh time ahead of you real quick with that generation mm-hmm. and i appreciate it i appreciate it a lot they sort of are holding people's feet to the fire and sort of and a little bit forcing change um, in Mm -hmm. some of these organizations, which I I can definitely appreciate. Um, So, okay. Okay. So we got some, some good combo, you know, drop some good tips for both the job seekers and uh, (laughs) you know, the recruiters over here. But now I want to switch over to talking a little bit about sort of the career popular news that, that I like to bring up. And usually I send my, guest co-host an article but you were a little bit different i actually sent you a linkedin post that was getting a lot of traction and it is actually from sarah johnston who is an executive resume writer um and linkedin brand strategist and she was posting about um you know basically companies not catering to talent who may not be willing to work full-time or can't work full-time and essentially saying where are the fulfilling part-time jobs and she said it specifically in relation to um stay-at-home moms or mothers who you know sort of had to leave the workforce during COVID to take care of their children and and now can't go back full-time and the this is a this sort of an untapped you know talent pool (laughs) um and so she was wondering like why don't we have part-time jobs that feel fulfilling and I I thought this was really interesting because I went and just started to do a little bit of a search. I went to Indeed, and I went to ZipRecruiter, and I was on LinkedIn. And I started looking at part-time positions, and I realized most of them are like really basic sort of customer service type roles that you know a lot of people get tired of and sick of real quick. And so I know you work with a lot of organizations. I just wanted to get your perspective on this. What what happened to the fulfilling part-time role? Or was it even ever here, I guess, is the, is the question, right? right? What do you think about this this post that I sent you? Tristan, listen, I, I, I don't know. It may have been here for a handful of people who have extreme proximity to privilege and yeah. can <laughs> negotiate a contract for a special projects job. That's what I'm going to yes. call it. Yeah. Okay, we love a special projects uh, type <laughs> position all um and you just sort of work ad hoc but outside of that i you know i think i see a big opportunity for companies to be more imaginative and creative Mm -hmm. and understand that you can have really strategic impactful people on your team that aren't full-time and they aren't contractors but i think where the challenge is is if you're hiring somebody as a contractor you can get all that talent without investing in things like benefits or yep. long-term commitment or uh, you know other kind of bells and whistles that you get with a full-time headcount. But you could get a, a part-time person or a part-time person on the path to full-time conversion. Think of it like an adult internship almost, but you're yeah. actually getting paid. Yeah. Um, if companies were a little bit more imaginative using the big data that we have around what's happened to the workforce post-COVID. So to your point, 
a majority of people who were forced out of the workforce were working parents, yep. namely women. And um, there are organizations like the Mom Project that partner with companies to help them match talent who would be a good fit and have some value add to give, but can't work full time or might have a challenge jumping right back in full time. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a hard sell to find. I, I think on the client side, it's really hard to find what we would describe as fulfilling part time work. Like if you yeah. think about how we even phrase essential and non-essential workers in 2020. Mm. I know we're not here to talk about that today, but <laughs> <laughs> but if we think about what I consider to be coded language in the talent market, we mm. peg people and sort of rate people. I mean, we don't, not you and I, yeah, but like, yeah. you know, sort of this career society space. Society in general. Society right? in general. Yeah. Um, sort of has a caste system for who matters most, yeah. starting with C-suite and all the way down. And so part-time has never been a, uh, has language, has been language that's been allied with high value essential work, mm -hmm. even though you could have high value essential work that is part-time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you just broke it down for sure. I, I completely, completely have nothing else to add to that, but, uh, but the only thing I would say here, I think it was very interesting. So I remember reading an article a few years ago about how there was these predictions about how, um, corporate was going to move more to sort of a contracting model in general. Um, and, and obviously part-time and contracting are different, but I think the part-time fulfilling part-time work could definitely play a role inside of the, the shift that, um, organizations mm -hmm. need to make, right? We know that a lot of organizations right now, have an issue with employee engagement, have an issue with employee satisfaction overall, right? Mm -hmm. But, and it's typically because many people aren't getting what they need from the one full-time job, right? They aren't getting exposure to other things. They're not getting the ability to, um, you know, gain other skills or exercise other skills that they have. And so if we were to put these sort of fulfilling part-time roles into our organizations, I think it would allow us to get workers who become more satisfied with the work that they're doing and actually become more engaged with the company and probably become a little bit more loyal to the company mm -hmm. at that point because, you know, half my day I'm focused on this job, which allows me to exercise these skills and abilities. My other half of my day I'm focused on this job, which allows me to exercise a whole different set of skills and abilities. And boom, now people are getting a lot more fulfillment from what they're doing, right? And so mm -hmm. I do think it's a way to sort of reimagine the employee structure that companies and organizations could have. Um, and I love that idea of treating it like sort of a, an adult internship that's paid, right? Um, that, that, you know, some people might be looking to just test the waters with a company or organization, see if it's something mm -hmm. they're even interested in, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it could also be a pipeline builder in that way. And uh, I just was so interested. She Sarah provided some some um, insight on some of the best places to work on their career pages, and they were looking at. She was looking at the part time roles that were available, and so like they had Amazon Web Services. Um, they had twenty thousand one hundred and fifty one open jobs. Seven wow. of them were part time. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Seven, right? Um, Salesforce had 11. Intuit had none. Google had none, um, right? And so it's very interesting, but she also mentions companies that started to do this, like Tupperware or LuLaRoe or Duterra or Rodin and Fields. And many of those places have started to bring in fulfilling part-time work, and they started to tap into these work these mothers um, who weren't working and wanted those positions, and they found it to be incredibly useful for for them in in, um, investing in their workplace diversity and career mobility for women. And I'm focused on women because that's what she said, but I think this has the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do that for all workers, especially black workers and and people of color too right so um you know and i think one of the things too is we we get into this whole um job hopping thing and and we tie that a lot to part-time roles um and but one of the things that i think has happened is the the sentiment on job hopping has changed slowly but it's changed. And so I think that wouldn't even be the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles with that anymore either. But um, yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. Why why yeah. can't people do fulfilling part-time work? I yeah. Just, well, right? and then, you you know, it's a whole other can of worms that let's say they, they had more opportunities that were part-time. You would probably see a rise in people who are entrepreneurs and have a steady state role, but it's not as big of a competition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think on both the employee side and the company side, we really need to have some tough conversations about uh, job description alignment and scope oh. creep. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, that would be the one thing I would probably be most worried about is people yeah. reducing the number of hours you have and not reducing expectations around what's feasible in that time. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you can, you know, navigate that water it could be really cool like you could see some people working from anywhere with some really fulfilling part-time work building their own thing and or carrying up or down like there's just so many opportunities to really reimagine what work-life integration looks like yeah and companies still make their bottom line or more right yeah but yep absolutely and one of the things that i think speaks to me is that I actually have a family member who um, is on disability and mm-hmm. they want to find work, but you know, the th- they can only work part-time hours. They're not allowed to work more than that, or mm-hmm. then they're cut off the disability, um, but they can't find fulfilling work to be able to mm-hmm. do. And so I, it's sort of this accessible piece that I think yeah. we're, we're missing in the, the workforce that could be really useful. So um, I just thought it was interesting. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. I know, you know, you sort of, you come in with this unique perspective because you talk to um, actual job seekers, but you also work directly with companies and organizations. So you, you, you have sort of this holistic view from both sides of the table so i thought it was a a good topic for us to have a conversation on specifically since you have that insight and i I appreciate the things that you shared about that i'm i'm excited to see if uh anybody comments on this when when it goes up because uh i'm gonna tag some companies and organizations that you mentioned in the (laughs) the article i'm gonna call it look that's what this that's what this podcast is about i'm calling them out i told i told my friend i said look this podcast is gonna be the reason i can never get hired in corporate again because i'm about to call i'm about to call them out okay but i appreciate you coming on the pod today my friend and sharing your your insight and your information um tell the people where they can find you on the internet streets absolutely um you can find me on instagram at tiffany waddell tate on twitter at tiffany i waddell uh and my website is careermavenconsulting.com 
I'm also on LinkedIn, happy to connect with any and everybody listening. Um, always happy to collide on these digital streets. Look, I, go follow Tiffany. I'm telling you, Tiffany does some great work. I saw you, you're you working with Letitia Perfecta now, right? Mm-hmm. I saw that too. Okay, come mm-hmm. through. I love, I love seeing people that I know working together. That's always great. So she out here doing work, organizations. If you need somebody, Tiffany's that girl. You know, if you need a career coach, Tiffany is that girl. So go ahead and check her out at Career Maven Consulting. And thank you once again for joining. I really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, Tristan. (laughs) And until next time, everyone, take care. Bye.